0: Alright everybody, welcome back. Episode 5, the Skrulls Fans Anonymous. I'm your host, Paolo Consoli. And uh, it's been a crazy week. I feel like it's been a long week since uh, we spoke last week. I want to just uh, start out by saying thanks for all the support, everybody You know, listening. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope to, uh, you know, I want to improve. It's something new to, that I do. I want to improve any way I can. With whether it's guests, you know, format, promotion, whatever it is. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for telling everybody about it. Just you know, make sure you rate, like, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, so big things going on in the sports world. But first, I want to get to two days ago. I had a uh, what they call a baby reveal, and I want to reveal to the world that I will be having a baby daughter. Yes, a daughter. <laughs> and all my all my family knows me. All my cousins know me. You know, I, I always you know, I've always been a big into you know having a boy and all that stuff but you know what honestly i had a couple days to think about it now and i am i was happy you know when we found out and i'm even happier now it's gonna be interesting to see the dynamic for uh you know having a daughter and being as uh, obsessed with sports as i am i always found it you know kind of cool to have it's like a different type of relationship. i feel like your daughter and your you know you and your daughter when it comes to sports and uh i'll make sure my daughter you know knows her shit and she'll fucking shut down every asshole fan that spits stupid game to her. So that's a that's a lock. So if my daughter listens to this in the future, honey buns, daddy's got you. Don't worry, you're gonna know enough. But uh yeah, so that's some things going on. Personal life news, and let's get into some uh you know sports team news here. Today, uh who is today? Uh today Nolan Arenado. That's who. For a second I lost uh, my my train of thought I signed an eight-year deal today, $260, 260000000 The guy's a top-five player in baseball. I mean, smart move for him. Honestly, like, you never know what can happen to you. So, like, sometimes you get these offers. If he loves where he's playing where, let's be real, Colorado's padding the stats. I'm not saying he needs the stats padded, but it's probably padding the stats, and he probably likes where he is. They have a solid team there. You know, they're spending money. Why not? Sign that deal, man. Fucking who cares about the Yankees and shit. Like, get your money. Be a legend there. Become a Hall of Famer Especially with Like I said That Everyone knows that f- That stadium pads your stats So it Could really help his career Plus he's already like I mean he's a monster On the road too So it splits are even But uh, he got big money He beat Machado Who signed In the last week Since we had our last episode He got uh, I think it was Was it 8 years Or 10 I'm sorry I'm not really I'm really sure I know it was like 8 or 10 years 300 million I think it was 10 years He has a 5 year opt out He got a lot of money, and that press conference, I don't know if anyone watched it, it was just hilarious. Like, I mean, it's very clear that this guy only signed for money. Like, he didn't sign with the Padres hoping to win championships, which, they have a good base there. Like, it's not like he didn't choose a, uh, you know, he chose a, I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays or something. He, it's a, they have the best parts in the baseball. They don't have any pitching, but they do have a lot of talent on the team. They definitely could become something. But when you people asking me, "What made you want to come to San Diego and all that?" It's just like his answers were just so cliche. You know, "Oh, I want to build something here. It's good for me and my family." Motherfucker, you made thirty million dollars a year. That's what's good for your family. That's the reason you went there. You don't want to live on the South Side of Chicago. Nobody does. So we know why you chose San Diego. That was your choices. Suppose you turned out more money in Chicago. So, like, beating around the bush. Enough. We get it. Like, don't cry. He should, should have been crying when he didn't sign either. That, oh, San Diego. He has to decide from the in San Diego. San Diego's a fucking one of the fucking best season in the country. What are you talking about? Like, it's beautiful weather every day. Like, hello. This guy's living the dream. 30 million a year living in San Diego. Oh, God. What a sin. I feel so bad for him. So, he got a dream deal. And now, uh, our boy, uh, our meth fans' dream, Bryce Harper, he's still waiting. Still waiting. You know, it's all focused on him now. He's probably... You know, he is the biggest free agent left. Uh, Keuchel's out there still, but, you know, he's really like a number three starter. He's not an ace, so he's not... A huge name. He'll probably be, do well for somebody out there, but Harper is... Uh, I mean, he's been courted by the Phillies heavy. You know, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not on the Phillies front office, but the insiders all saying that, you know, he's got a upwards of $300 million offer. I mean, sometimes... You just don't want to play somewhere. It's pretty obvious that, you know, this guy don't want to fucking play in Philadelphia. Not many people do want to play Philadelphia, because Philadelphia's filled with, you know, it's true, a lot of scumbags. And I mean that a nice way. They, I mean, they got some pretty good cheesesteaks out here, but other than that, I mean, what do you going to play Philadelphia for? $300 million, yeah, obviously, but if you're getting that offer somewhere else, I would go anywhere else. Screw that town. You make one mistake, they hate you for life. It's a joke. And he doesn't, clearly doesn't want to play that because he's be getting the most money. So I don't know how much bargaining he could be doing. Supposedly, the other teams that's just jumped in, I think we spoke about this a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if uh might have been my boy Carmine or my cousin Nick. One of them mentioned the Dodgers, and I, I kind of thought so too. You know, they traded Puig and Kemp. So it seemed like they were setting up to sign them. But, I mean, I know they have a lot of money out there. They have to, you know, spread out Kershaw and everybody. Bellinger and Journal, all that coming up. But, I mean... The Dodgers seem like the fit. The kid's from Vegas. He's from the West Coast. Why would he go to L.A.? I mean, that's like tinsel towns for him, man. The hair, the style. You know, he makes a lot of money on endorsements. Way more than Machado. Seems like the place to be. If they could come up with his number, even less years maybe or something, I feel like he's going there. I mean, even the Giants are dipping into the pool. And the reports are that the ownership and the GM are fighting. That, you know, the owner wants him. The GM doesn't want to give him all those years. I mean, if you're the Giants... What else do you have? You Buster Polis a pole, he's 100 years old. garner has got a year left on his contract. You really don't got much for people to come watch. So, I mean, that would be like your cornerstone guy. You got to build around him. So, I don't see why why not. I mean, take a dive on him. You, you got to draw tickets. I mean, they've been, other than the Yankees and the Red Sox, they've been maybe the most successful franchise in the last, you know, decade. I mean, they won how many? Three titles, four titles? I think three. So, I mean, they've done pretty well, the Giants. So, they'll, they can, they'll bounce back. So, I think it's between... Those three teams, they're saying there's a sleeper team out there, but I think that's just like some bullshit that the reporters throw out there. I think like maybe they're friends with Boris and he tells them to do that, to drive the offers up. Because how in this world, in this day and age, where there's social media, there's phones, computers, everything in the world you could possibly use, all secret meetings in Vegas, how could it be that not one person knows who's there from what team on a secret meeting? It's impossible. There's no way on earth. Because even if the Dodgers were there, somebody was there, wouldn't they be telling the media who's there? Don't they want everyone to know who's there? So, I think that's all bullshit. It's probably the Giants or the Dodgers they're talking about. So, to between those three teams. Harper should sign by this week, I think. I mean, I wish my team would still get involved somehow, but that's a, this is just a pipe dream. It's a waste to even talk about. The Mets aren't doing it. The Yankees aren't doing it. They don't need them. So, we're going to see what happens with him. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in baseball overall. It's pretty obvious that, you know, they don't want to give out these long-term contracts anymore, and when they do, they've kind of smartened up the teams, and they figured out that, you know, if they're going to give a 10-year contract, like Machado, you give it an opt-out. So he got a five-year opt-out. I'm pretty sure I saw, don't quote me, but I sure I'm I think I saw Arenado got the eight-year deal, but I think he has an opt-out in four years. About 100%, but that's what teams are doing to protect themselves, I guess, but... How are you really protecting yourself? Because if a, a player doesn't perform, they're going to opt in. I mean, I find it rare that in five or four years, those two guys won't be performing. So maybe even if they're not performing, they'll opt out. But it does give the team, you know, a chance to get out. Unlike the A-Rod deals and all those other deals that came, came along throughout the year. So maybe we'll see, you know, this take effect on some of the New York clubs. Uh, let's start with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees did, I think, a you know, a very smart move since last week when they signed Severino to a great deal, he took the money, he wants to bet, you know, he's not going to wait, he's going to take the contract, feed his family, go out there, focus on baseball, the Yankees are switching the focus from signing big free agents to signing their own guys, which, you know, I think a lot of Yankee fans have clamored for that for a long time, you know, they're paying, uh, Aaron Hicks is maybe the oldest underrated Yankee, he's a solid center fielder, I don't care what the numbers say, the metrics... You watch the guy play, and you will say, this guy's one of the top defensive center fields in baseball. I, I, I hate the Yankees, and I believe that. Now, yeah, you give me a list of a million other guys, but every day watching this guy highlight, he's like a highlight reel. And there's got to be a reason Cashman likes him. You know, he don't just like him for no fucking reason. The guy's a stud. I mean, a seven-year deal, it's a long time for a guy like that who's always hurt, but uh, not too much money. So they locked their own guy up. Supposedly they're talking Dylan Betances now, and they're talking... Um, Batanzas, and who else doing a lockup? I forgot. I uh, saw it today, but we with, started with Batanzas though. He he's a surprising one because he had a rough time in arbitration. I remember last year, I think it was or two years ago, when uh, that freaking asshole, what's his name, uh, Shapiro, whatever the guy, not, not Steinbrenner, but they're like assistant assistant owner dude. I don't remember his name But he like He went to the arbitration Basically said Dylan is not a closer He blows a lot of saves He's not worth the money It was like a million dollars He basically badmouthed him Really like pissed off Matanzas, And he even said In his interview It's gonna come When it comes to free energy, He's gonna think about that And it's gonna affect him And good for him But you know what A couple years maybe me change that He smoothed it over They're offering from a solid deal The guy's solid When he has his When he has his best stuff I mean the guy's a beast He's gigantic He's a force on the mound the Yankees are smart To lock him up Because you know what? Chapman's coming up in a few years. He won't be there forever. They just signed uh, the lefty reliever. They just signed the other kid out of, you know. So they have a lot of relievers out there, but he's young with dances. He could be, you know, maybe he blossoms into that guy. Who knows? And uh, they want to sign, I don't know, it's skipping my mind who else they're looking to sign an extension to, but oh, Didi. Yeah, he's got the Tommy John. And that's another one. Honestly, I won't say Didi's gone next year, they're gonna go after Machado. Didi got Tommy John, so it's probably gonna affect his uh, his negotiations. But from all I know, all my Yankee fan friends and the family, they love Didi Gregorius. And you know what? The guy's a beast, he's been great for them. It was a great move after losing Jeter. The guy has come into play shortstop and has not lost a step. I don't know how many years they're gonna get because I think he's gonna be like 30. He's not that young. He might be 20, 20, I'm not sure. But I know he's not like a spring chicken, so we'll see what happens, what kind of deal they give him. You still have Torres. Who is a natural shortstop, but it seems like the Yankees don't really feel that that's his position. They feel like he should be a second baseman. So we'll see what happens with that. But Yankees are doing the right thing. You know, they're locking up the youth now, giving them good contracts. They can get out early. The pitching, they haven't invested too too much in pitching, which they probably should. I mean, I don't think they have too much in the farm system. to trading Sheffield away. They have a couple guys, but not really top top guys. A lot of money in the bullpen. So, and they have you know Judge's contract coming up in a few years. They're gonna have uh, Sanchez coming up in a few years. So they're gonna have a lot of money. Got the and who knows what Judge is gonna make? I mean, we thought Harper's gonna make four hundred million. He didn't make nothing. Compare. I mean, we don't know what he made, but he ain't making four hundred million. So Judge, you would say, forget it. If Harper's gonna make three hundred million or four hundred million, Judge should make five hundred million. You guys, a monster. He's unbelievable. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Yankees in that. And then when it comes down to the Mets, you know. What can I say, man? The same old Mets. They uh talk it up, talk the season up, make you feel good, get that adrenaline in your veins, and then just uh, just shit. Just absolute shit right down on you from the sky. Lowry, big signing. Well, for all the fools out there that thought it was a big signing. Guys a solid baseball player. They'll find a spot from on the field. Sore knee. Oh, we're gonna get an x ray. Gonna get Oh, nothing wrong. But he's gonna miss opening day. That's a month away. So you're telling me, an injury, that we don't know what it is. There's no x-ray, no MRI, nothing wrong with it. But he's going to miss a month. So that's something fishy there. And who knows how much longer, because knowing the Mets, I mean, Belcher had a freaking, uh, a bold spur. Also, he needed, like, reconstructing knee surgery back in the day. So, but with the Mets, we know what the Mets, and when it comes to injuries, they literally are fugazi. They know nothing. Then, the Todd father, Todd Frazier, That's right, we lost Lowry. He's gonna play third. He's gonna have a comeback year, 30 homer. Sore oblique. This guy, I mean, I don't know about his career, but with the Mets, hurt all the time. He's always hurt. I love his personality, I love his fire. He's a tough guy, he's a leader. But you can't leave from the bench, guy. I mean, this is the problem when you build a team around 33, 32, 35 year old even Cano. I'm not saying, you know, he's done well so far, but when you build a team around older guys, What are you expecting to happen? They're going to break down. You know? And Brody can feed us all the garbage he wants. But the season is not going to work out unless they avoid injury. And the Mets the last three years, and this is not a cop-out, but they have been bitten by the injury bug. Major. Last year they got hit with the injury bug. The year before, I forget it. They were decimated with injury. The team healthy is good enough to go to the playoffs. It's good enough to make a playoff spot. I'm not saying they're the best team in the division. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm more of a Wait-and-see guy. I don't like to make predictions. I'm more of a pessimist than an optimist when it comes to them. But I do believe watching the team, they have a valid chance. Could Bryce Harper have helped them? No shit. Obviously Bryce Harper could help. If Brody Van Wagoner wants to say that he's not on their radar or he can't help us the way we're constituted right now, you're a moron. Because don't tell me you can't find room for Bryce Harper. There's plenty of guys that you could get rid of that you can find room for Bryce Harper. I'm not going to make the Bryce Harper thing because we know it's not happening. But for them to say that they can't fit two $30 million guys on the team because Cespedes is a friggin' joke. Everyone needs to realize that. They're not getting them, obviously, so there's no point in wasting breath on it. But the Mets have to understand that this year is really huge. It's make or break. Because when you look at the Mets, and let's evaluate them. like Let's try to get closely evaluated to the Mets. There's, to me, there's three guys that make a break this season. Obviously, the pitching staff is huge. I don't, I'm not going to get to the pitching staff. We know they have to perform. They usually do. No injuries. They'll be all right. When it comes to the team, three guys that matter the most. Number one, Michael Conforto. Top prospect. It's been four years now. First year, came up halfway through. That was 2015. He was great swinging, hitting the ball the opposite way. When he's going good, he's hitting dead center. He's at the opposite field mentality. He pulls, pulls the ball he only when he needs to turn on something. As Keith Hernandez, is a great Keith Hernandez says in the booth, he's like, Michael, if they don't touch him, you know he's going good when he goes the opposite way. That's Michael Fordo. Hit home runs against Kershaw, Granky, in those playoff games. He was phenomenal. Next year comes. He is so-so. Few injuries the second year. You know, wasn't the breakout start with Dodie B. Tried to bat him third. Didn't work. They moved down the line. Then, third year. Ended the year. He didn't have a great year. So-so. Still had 20 home runs each season, which is pretty good. I think we're a little like we're a little too hard on But third year, shoulder pops out of its socket on a swing. Major injury. It's a serious injury. It doesn't just heal in seven months. And the doctors told him he's healed, but they don't know how long it'll take you to get back. He comes back in May last year, or actually late April, early May, when they thought he wasn't coming back to after the All-Star break. I mean, the guy was, you could tell he wasn't right. And now he's starting to say after the season's over, you know, it took him 250, 300 bats to get, to feel right, because at the end of the season, it was high highest can be. It was the highest here baseball. That's three years, four years. This is year four. This is year four now starting. The critics will say Michael Corder. I keep hearing about him. When's this guy gonna break out? It's enough, but no bullshit. You know what? If you look at every year, something's happened that hasn't allowed him to. This is it. This is make or break. Ford needs to come out this year. He wants to be facing the franchise. Wants to be the guy. It's gotta come out. No such thing as sitting down against lefties. I'm sick of that shit. And you know what? That's the way the league's going now because they want to play. They don't, you know, they don't believe in playing the hot guy. They believe the matchups. No, when you're an everyday player, you play against everybody. The best hitters hit against everyone. Keep him in there. He's got to face lefties. He's got to face righties. He's an above-average defender. He's got to stay healthy. If he does not have a a viable season, I don't know. You can't say guys bet 300 anymore because they really don't. What's he going to give us? 270? Okay, give me 270. He's going to hit twenty some home runs. Get into the 100 RBI category. Be a solid player. Get on base. That's what we need. He is huge. Absolutely huge for the Mets this year. Number two, you can really combine them. Ahmed Rosario. Before last year, he was the number one prospect in baseball. Get that through your brain right now to think that. This guy who looked like absolute dog shit last year until the end of the year was the number one prospect. Not number one shortstop, number one prospect in baseball, okay? He comes up, and me being the pessimist Mets fan, I said, oh, well, I want to see it to believe it because I can't imagine someone coming up here and being like, you know, Lindor or being like Albies or Kuna, like I can't imagine, and I was right. Cause as I was watching it, I'm like, this guy's no more prospect than baseball. You can just tell when a guy plays if they flash. He wasn't flashing to me. And I'm like, there's no way they could have got this wrong, but it happens. You know, Elvis Andrews, same thing happened to him. Uh, Profar, these guys come up and then you know they're not any good. I'm not saying he's not any good, cause at the end of the year he did well. He, he finished the season really strong. He started. You know, his problem is he doesn't. He fucking swings at everything. The guy thinks he's Vlad Guerrero. He has power. He's a big dude. But he didn't put it together. And I don't think they really helped him that well with you know, the manager and hitting coach and stuff. And now they have, uh, they have a new hitting coach this year. So we'll see how it works with him. But he's humongous. He's got to be the above, the excellent defender he's supposed to be. He's got to, I mean, I don't know if they're going to bat him ninth again, which I don't feel like helps him either. Put him in the top of the order. He's fast. The kids should be getting in on base. Should be hitting doubles. That kid has to break out this year and be the star we need him to be. Other teams' top prospects come out and they dominate. Our guy needs to dominate. Like, why is it so hard for our top prospect to be a top prospect? He needs to be that. And and rolling off of him comes to Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, number one first base prospect in baseball. I guess there's not that many top, you know, he's like ranked like 50-something, I think, in the league out of all prospects. So there's not that many first base prospects out there. But we don't need him to be like the kid in Texas who strikes out every fucking at-bat and hits bombs. I, need, I want a guy who comes out there like a Goldschmidt. I'm not saying he's going to be, I want him to be an everyday player, He's not a great defender. Just be an average defender. Make the make the routine plays. You don't got to make the unbelievable plays. Make the routine plays. Go out there. Hit for, you know, 270, 280, even 260. Who gives a shit about average anymore? But you got to hit bombs. You know, 30-plus bombs. Hopefully close to 100 RBIs. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying this year. I don't expect that this year. I expect him to struggle, obviously. Because that's a typical Matt personality. I don't really believe in... I don't believe he's going to come out and dominate. That would be great. But can you just be the top prospect that you are? Please. Can we have our top prospects? Please be the top fucking prospect they're supposed to be. That's all I ask. One time. For the stars to align and our top prospect from four years ago to be the guy he's supposed to be. And the one from last year to be the guy he's supposed to be. And the one from this year to be the guy he's supposed to be. If that happens for the Mets, the pitcher staff stays healthy. Even if two of the guys stay healthy, the pitcher staff, they should be on top of the division. Battling for the top spot, battling for a second spot. Now, everyone's going if say, oh, if, if and ends, if, if and bots, oh, they're all bullshit. Yeah, I know if and and, whatever. But it's true. If and and, they do that. And you say the other teams do everything they can perfectly. How do the Mets stack up? They stack up very well against those teams. You know, we, we have a couple side bets going on between some Yankee fans, friends, family I have. Uh, I'm not directly involved. So I have a friend of mine. He bet. Three Mets fan friends of mine, they're going to be on next week. We'll talk more about it. He bet them a few shekels that, you know, the argument is that the Mets are not better than the Braves, Phillies, Nationals. Mets will finish fourth, he says. He's very confident. Says the easiest money he'll ever make. So, the three of them bet him that the Mets just have to finish top three in the division. They have to finish one, two, three. They don't have to make the playoffs. They can't tie, obviously. They got to finish top three. To me, that's a great bet. I think that's a very, you know, fair wager. I think it's uh, risky of him to do it. He doesn't think, and he knows his baseball, his kid. He's not stupid. He knows his baseball. He's more, you know, he's a Yankee fan, but he's more like, you know, let's wait and see. Let's not anoint everybody, which is a good view. But if you really break these teams down, which I don't know if, you know, they've done it. The Mets, I think, are equal to two of those teams. Equal or better, but I think equal. And I think they're better, you know, they're, they're worse than one team. I think the Braves are the best team in the division. They got that kid that came up last year, uh, Witchinski or whatever his name is it starts with a W, I can't even pronounce it. And they got Julio Tehran, who's not phenomenal, but he's a solid number two guy. If they might sign uh Kimbrel, they're saying. I'm, I'm not gonna put it as if they do, but they might sign Kimbrell and go back to where he's from. They got a couple arms in there. They won division last year. They have Acuna, Albies. They signed Donaldson this year. They got freaking Freeman still. The team is solid. I think they're better than the Mets. They've been there already, but we'll see. They could they could regress. Take the Nationals now. Robles, uh, the Spanish kid, the outfielder who came up last year was hitting bombs. Who knows how he's gonna perform this year? He's, it's same as Conforto. He had a first great year. Let's see his full year out. Harper there, protect him in the lineup. You know? Turner is a great shortstop. He's been hurt a couple times. Let's see how he does with no Harper in the lineup. Am I going to... Uh, Zimmerman is going to scare me? This guy's 100 fucking years old. I don't care about him. He's, he had a good year two years ago. Last year, he stunk. He's whatever. They have, the, they have the second best pitcher in baseball, Scherzer. Phenomenal pitcher, okay? They got an ace. Mets have an ace, too, DeGrom. They number two, Strasburg. I will take Noah over Strasburg. I don't care what anybody says. The guy's hurt all the time. Noah's hurt all the time, too. But you know what? Game on the line. Straight up, Strasburg stuff. It don't scare me. I'm, I'm confident. Who's there three, four, five? People can say whatever they want about Wheeler. I've been hearing about Wheeler for 100 years. When he's on, like he was last year, for 15 starts, if he pitches to his capability, we have a better number three uh, pitcher than them. Gio Gonzalez is not there no more. Steven Matz, hopefully he hits his potential. Our rotation, from, to me, is better than theirs. And their bullpen, I couldn't name you one guy in their bullpen. Their bullpen stinks. It stunk for years. That's why they never won in the playoffs. The Mets, bullpen. I know this kid Diaz, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't watch too many Mariner games last year. Supposedly he's one of the best closers of baseball. We got Familia, who's a solid reliever right, behind, right in front of him. And we got a couple of other solid arms in there with Lugo, Gazelman, you know, the lefty we picked up from the Cubs. We have a solid bullpen. Now, bullpens are like, forget it. It's like, uh, it's like the weather. It changes every day. You don't know how they're going to be ever. But the Nationals' bullpen, to me, is garbage. So how are you going to tell me? That team is basically even with us, I feel. It's going to be a battle. Phillies, they got Riomoto. Okay, he is not Johnny Bench. You know, Riomoto, they wanted the world for him. The Mets didn't do it for a reason. He's a solid player. I would have loved to have him on our team. But we got Ramos. So he was a solid signing, too. The Phillies, who have a lot of young talent, their manager's a little shot. Two really good pitchers in the top of the uh, rotation also, Arietta, and uh, I don't know what 's going on with me I got, like, Annesia tonight. I can't remember anyone's name, but, you know, the other kid that's pitching for them. But other than that, what do they have? You know, other than that, they added McCutcheon, but McCutcheon was on the Yankees last year. Was he that impressive? They gave him all that money. He, he's not the MVP player he was anymore. The Mets, to me, are almost the same team as them, and I feel like we have a better bullpen than them. Unless Kimbrough, you know, if Kimbrell goes there, then maybe they have a couple better arms, but... The Mets, to me, I think it's fair to say, are equal to the Nats and equal to the Phillies. I don't see the Phillies as scary. If they get Harper, then I'll say, okay, they go above the Mets, lineup-wise, I feel. So you're looking at, really, the Braves, you know, they're the team to beat. And Vegas looks at it the same, because the Mets over overall has been fluctuating between 83-84 wins. I think 85 is the highest I've seen it. Those other teams that are the same. The Nationals are actually 88, which is... I think that's a sucker bet, honestly. 88. If you have the Braves less, it's a little, a little funny, but to me, they're all almost the same. They're all gonna beat up on the Marlins, they're all gonna beat up each other. Honestly, with 19 games against each other, a division winner might only win like 85 games, 86 games. Just how much you're gonna be abusing each other. So the Mets gonna stay healthy. The key is those three guys. The keys are, you can see the keys everyone, but really to me, those are the three important pieces for the Mets. You know, Cano's gonna be Cano. <laughs> I mean, the pitcher's gonna, the grounds gonna come out and do his thing. Injury's always, you know, always barring injury, but the Mets did improve themselves. Are they another player away? Yeah, I think they are another bat away. But who knows? Maybe Alonso is that guy and he crushes. And then it's like, all right, there's our bat right there. But I mean, as a Mets fan, who, as a Met fan, who know? Who really knows, man? I mean, I'm not willing to wager it because I just know that. Some people are very optimistic about the team. I'm not very optimistic. It's so a wait and see. But I don't think this team is like a 70-win team. They have a shot. Let's see what happens. And If they get into October, you know, last year, all I kept thinking about when I was watching the watching the, the postseason was, if some of these teams had the Mets rotation, they would have had a better chance to win the World Series. And I mean, obviously that's like a obvious thing to say, but just like thinking about it, like our rotation could have dominated in October. It really could have. The way they were pitching last year would have. So let's hope they pitch the same way. We get there, and then you know what? Pitching wins. Hitting gets you there. Hitting is big now in the league. Yes, but you know what? Pitching, just like defensive football, wins you championships, and that's all that matters. And that's it. So let's hope that happens with them. Let's uh, let's see what you know what happens with that bet with the Yankee couple of Yankee fan friends. I don't like to see people lose money, but somebody's gonna lose. And uh, speaking on the Yankees, also. I will give them credit because they have, you know, they've made some very smart moves signing all these guys and not going after the uh, you know the, the big talent like they used to. I think Cashman, honestly, like one day when he retires, it was just a minute of that, that. I wonder if a GM they ever get to the Hall of Fame, because this guy, what he's done with the Yankees in the last like 20, 30 years, he really is like a genius. He knows the he knows the beat of the heartbeat of the team. Heartbeat of the fans. He doesn't play to what people want. He just does his thing, and he's not getting fired. I mean, he had how many big years? Like 20 years, two, three. So I just thought about the other day how Cashman. I would like to see him. Like, I wonder if he'll ever just leave the Yankees and be like, you know, I want to build a team from scratch. Like he feels like he needs like a, you know, any, uh, what is it like, a challenge in his life. That'd be interesting to see if he ever does that. It's just like a random thought I had about them. But um. Yeah, so February's winding down. We got uh, spring training baseball still going on. I'm not a huge spring training baseball, obviously, you know. You watch guys perform, but then regular the lights go on, regular season and they stink. So there's only so much you can watch. Uh, March is coming up, so right now we got, you know, a lot of cuts going on in football. The scouting combine starts this week, so the most overrated bullshit things we're going to hear about people's feet, their toes, their nail clippings, their grades in high school. We're going to hear the dumbest shit, especially about Kyler Murley, who's going to get abused this week, who, let's be real, I mean, he's the focus. He's the main guy. He's talked about being from a second round pick to the first overall pick, and like Josh Rosen get traded from the Cardinals. So much going on. To me, football season, you know, it starts in September, football, but to me, football don't end until April. Once the draft's over, end of April, May, June, July, even August, I'm locked into the baseball, but football's become such a freaking huge just conglomerate of like everyone's brains that it doesn't end. It doesn't matter who's getting cut, what free agents going where, you know, this year's very juicy, a ton of free agents out there. Most likely, a lot of them are going to get tagged, like DeMarcus Lawrence and other defensive ends, but right now, I mean, it's only like a week away, and a lot of guys have not been tagged yet, so, you know, the owners owners might not want to spend money on those guys, the amount they're going to have to, to try to work deals out, but it could end up being a really, really good free agent class, and uh, just speaking for the Jets' terms, this is the biggest offseason in Jets' history. They got the quarterback finally, they have an all-world safety they have a couple solid receivers, but they have not, you know they're missing a lot. They need a lot. You know, next week we're going to talk some. We're going to talk some football next week. We're going to talk some Jets. Some preview of the seat. Some preview of free agency. Bunch of guests we're going to have on. What they're looking for. Everybody has a lot of different opinions. It's really crazy. Who wants Antonio Brown? Who wants Bell? Who wants them both? My opinion. Just a little snippet. I'm okay. Antonio Moss is phenomenal. I don't think he's a bad receiver. He's a terrible person. Terrible locker room presence. Will he help Sam Donald? Yes. Do I think a receiver makes a team better without adding around it? No. I think the Jets need a lot more. I don't think they'll get Bell and Brown. If I had a choice, I would take Bell. I think they can find the receiver in the draft store. They can find the running back too, but Bell is just a different animal. Uh, If they trade anything less than a third round pick, I would not be happy. They don't have a second round pick, so obviously that's all they would be trading unless it's for next year. We'll see what happens in the receiver position. They're talking about Dante Moncrief today, which is a freaking joke. His best game of the year was against the Jets last year, fucking smoking our corners. I don't want that garbage. He stinks. I'd rather have Michael Cranich, even though everyone's like shitting on him. I'd rather have him. He scores touchdowns. So we'll see what happens with that. The Jets need a lot. If I'm the Jets, for me, at number three, there's two options and two options only. It's a defensive end or it's trade back. Bosa and Allen. Quentin Williams is a monster. He's supposed to be the next Aaron Donald. Who knows? I'm sick of defensive tackles. If somebody wants him that bad, the Jets should get a lot for it. It's both if he falls. Probably not gonna happen. And the kid out, Josh Allen from Kentucky is a beast. Grab him, have your defensive end for the next freaking hopefully 10 years. They haven't had one for John Abraham. If not, the Jets really, and I think Mikey Max talking about it. I think the Jets are in a perfect position to trade back. There's enough quarterbacks out there, enough leverage that teams are gonna want to move down, especially the Giants. Jets could get a fucking hole. And the Jets need it. They need a lot of positions. They have to sign offensive linemen. People want the sexy signing, the sexy pick. The Jets need players everywhere. You can trade that pick for multiple picks. It may not be the sexiest guys, but you know what? We signed, we brought in DeBrickshaw Fergus and Nick Mangold. And look what happened with that. Not sexy picks, but they played for 10 years and they, they anchored the offensive line. Maybe the best best uh, offensive line the last like 10 years, those two guys. For the Jets, I'm saying. So hopefully I do the right thing. We're gonna see now what happens in the combine, but next week we definitely have to get into some football. I uh, just want to say real quick, thank you for everybody you know listening, sharing, rate, subscribe. We're on all podcast networks, you know Apple, uh, you know iTunes, all that, the Anchor app, Spotify, and uh, you know just keep commenting. I appreciate the messages you guys are sending, you know your questions. I'm definitely gonna start doing like a question segment. Get it all out there. Just, uh, you know, keep sharing and uh, we'll talk more next week. Stay the Sculptor, everybody. Peace out.